Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Clive Urquhart. I want to introduce Matt and Rowan Hellier. Now, most of you will know them. Uh, maybe some of you don't know them. And what we're going to do is is they work overseas in Bosnia, Herzegovina, and they are seeing some great stuff happen there. They've been there just over 10 years now. Uh, but I want them to come up and just give us an update, share for a few minutes as to what God's doing. But also what we're going to do as part of uh, what the message this morning, I'm going to interview them and ask them some questions and just get some answers from them as to how they do certain things, how they witness, share their faith, uh, in not just in the scenario that they're in, but how do they share their faith. Last week, how many of you here last week you heard Pastor Andy Elms? It was brilliant, wasn't it? Actually, if you haven't heard Andy's message, then go online and listen to that. It was, Pastor Colin described it this week as a masterclass in sharing your faith. It really was brilliant. Very, very simple, but really profound. And if you haven't had the opportunity to listen, have a listen to it. But that set up what we're going to do during June. So this series in June that we're going to be looking at is called Just Do It. Okay, Just Do It. And this month's about sharing our faith in lots of different contexts and how we do that, what is the gospel uh, and, and various things we're going to be looking at. And uh, <clears throat> the, he, he didn't know that's what we we're going to be doing during June. And he came with that brilliant message that actually was a great launch into that. So that simple question of asking people that you might in, in a conversation when you start chatting to them and actually say, can I just ask you a question? Who do you think Jesus is or who do you think he was? And and uh, very, very simple, but very profound. And you can get into lots of conversations. So we're going to talk a bit about all of that this morning. But I want to welcome Matt and Rowan. So if you guys would come up, that would be brilliant. So Matt and Rowan. Uh, how many of you know Matt and Rowan? <laughs> so Matt is uh, Dave Hellier's oldest brother. Isn't he? And uh, so... Uh, uh, these guys were part of the church for many years and part of the youth work, led the youth work here, were brilliant in terms of what God was doing. And then God spoke to them 11 or 12 years ago now, isn't it? To um, uproot a little bit and relocate in Bosnia, Herzegovina. Is that right? Herzegovina. Herzegovina. All right, Herzegovina. Okay, and uh, so can you just kind of give us a bit of an update as to what's happening and what you guys are up to? Yeah, um, let's just say hello everybody and it's great to be here. Um, good to see happy smiling faces. I've got my notebook here because nobody wants me to waffle on. Um, I want to start by saying, as Pastor Clive said, yes, we're, we're living and we're working overseas. Um, but it's important that you understand that in our minds, we're people in a local church trying to be a blessing in a local community. And uh, I think it's easy often to look at people who are overseas doing something that's quite exotic or that's quite special or different or they're on a higher plane than everybody else. And I don't think, in our experience, that's true. We are who we are. And I often think about what I do and I think my heart, my vision is so much the same as it was when I was here, when we were part of the youth work and we'd sit and discuss what we're going to do and why we're going to do it, what we're looking to see God do through those things. So where we are... We're in a local church. Now, bear in mind, our local church, if we've got 10 adults on a Sunday, that's a good Sunday. So it's a very different scenario. It's more like probably for you guys what you have in a small group. That's our, our main church experience. We're in a, in a country that's split between three 
main ethnic slash religious groups. So you've got, um, uh, the, the figures are tricky, but probably let's say we could put, do it in thirds, it's not really true. 15% of the population are Catholic, 35% roughly are Orthodox, Serb-Orthodox, and 50% are Muslim. In the town we are, it's about 50% Muslim, 50% Catholic. So that's the kind of an scenario we're in. Um, everyone is very God-conscious in the sense of because of the war that happened 25 years ago, everyone's ethnicity slash religion slash nationality is very much a big part of their identity. So whereas um, when we used to go into schools together to do schools work lessons and go, oh, we're Christians, we believe in Jesus, people would look at you and go, that's really weird that you choose to believe in God. Um, if you were to talk to young people in Bosnia and Herzegovina, they all believe in God because that's what they've been told to believe in, but they don't know who Jesus is as someone to have a relationship with. And that's a big part of the challenge that we have. So that's our context. And uh, yeah, we want to see God doing good things in the community and we want to see him bring people together. It's a massively divided country. There's a lot of things um, that you could say is almost like apartheid in the way the country is set up, the way schooling works, the way government works. Um, but we have a colleague um, who, who works with us. He's a, a drummer. He's part of all the, the youth work that we do. And uh, his story, to tell it very, very quickly, he was someone who, when the war started out, like a lot of people, he had to go, like, who am I? What religious ethnicity am I? He was a Muslim. And he was part of a town that was um, attacked by the, the time Yugoslav army, the Serb army, became a refugee wandering around his own country, being looked after by his big sister. She was probably 16, 17. He was about 10, 11 years old. His town was being bombed and all those kind of things. And as you can imagine, as a child going through that kind of experience, you end up with a lot of hatred in his heart. And that only got worse when his other sister who had managed to get out to Germany came back and she'd become a Christian and was coming back with an aid mission organisation. And that was like freaking him out. Um, and he had so much hatred towards Christians because of what he'd seen happen in his country. Um, but then they were running a camp on the coast and he hadn't been to the coast for the whole period of the war, five years. He wanted to see the sea. So he's like, well, I don't care that it's a Christian camp. I'll go because I want to see the sea. And uh, he went to the camp hating everybody and saw people from a Muslim background, people from an Orthodox background, people from a Catholic background worshipping Jesus together. And he was like, who is this God who can bring three nations together? You know, they've just spent the last five years committing atrocities against each other. And that was it. He got saved. And that's his story. And that's what compels him to do what he does. And so for us, it's that thing of knowing God wants to bring people together. And what's the thing that really builds bridges? It's Jesus. You know, when the Bible says there's no longer dual Greek, everyone's one in Christ, that's, that's the reality that we want to see happen in the town we are, where whatever people's background that they've come from, whatever the history, and there's some horrible things that have gone on, um, that people would be brought together through Jesus. So, yeah, practical things. What does that look like? I just want to throw out a couple of things that we're not going to talk about in any great length, just because... There's loads and loads we're doing and we can't talk about it all. But afterwards, over coffee, there might be something that grabs your attention. You go, oh, I'd want to know more about that. So you could ask why Rowan singing in a local choir has helped us build really good relationships with the Catholic Church. 
you could ask why I have become one of the go-to front-of-house sound engineers in town, why that's a good thing. Um, you can ask why um, Rowan has asked to be become the conductor of the local brass band in the town. Um, why is that a good opportunity? You could ask... Um, how we ended up talking to the head of talent of GB Snowsport about the work we're doing teaching snowboarding um, to young people in Yaitza. You could ask why we accepted the invitation to become part of the leadership board of Novimos, the organisation we're working with in Bosnia and Herzegovina. And you could ask Rowan why she allowed the pastor of, her church, of our church to convert her into being a half-marathon runner. Um, yeah, and you could also ask um, to, for us to tell you more about how recording music is helping the local church in Bosnia be a blessing, not just to its own country, but to Serbia and to Croatia as well. Um, I'm going to let Ron tell you about something exciting that's been happening for us in our town in the past few months. No. Okay. Um, yeah, we... Uh, our pastor is very sporty, as you might have guessed now, if <laughs> I've become a half-marathon runner. Um, she... Uh, was doing some sports workshops in local schools and found that the teachers were really open for different kinds of workshops and activities to be happening in the school. So we started thinking, how can we do music workshops in the in the local schools? What can we what can we offer? Because the two of us and our our teammate, we we're all musicians, so it seemed like the best type of workshop to offer. And we decided that we'd go for ukulele workshops. So we bought how many have we got? 12, 15 ukuleles. So class sizes are a bit smaller <laughs> in Bosnia. Um, so we bought yeah, a load of ukuleles. We quickly learned how to play. Um, and then we got a load of percussion instruments as well. And we went round to the various schools, the different directors, and offered them this opportunity that we would come into the schools and go into each class. And by the end of the, the lesson, they would ha have like a band. Their whole class together would play and sing. And... Uh, there was only one school the director was a bit like, mm, don't know, don't know, and he, we haven't got there yet. But the, all the other schools were really open to it. So we've, um, over the last month or so, we've been doing that, and it's been it's been really good fun. Really, just the teachers are so open. So we've met loads of different teachers, loads of kids. Some of the kids we already knew from other stuff, but other kids it was first time um, meeting them. And in one particular school, the director of the school said, oh, I'd really love it if you could then do an after-school club because this is something really new for these kids. It's, it would be really good. So, so we said, OK, yeah, we can do that. We can do it on Wednesdays and at this time. And so she put out like an advert for kids to sign up and 80 kids signed up. <laughs> and uh, we'd said we can take 10 maximum. <laughs> So we haven't started yet because she's unsure about how to <laughs> split the group down or what to do. So we're kind of now going, because school term ends quite soon um, over there. So we're now going to go for September and probably some of the kids will have forgotten by September what a ukulele is and we might get a more realistic <laughs> group for the after school club. But yeah, that's been exciting. And another couple of things that have been super exciting in the past few months. Um, we were at Faith Camp last year. And just before that, I'd been at a, a, a summer camp and been chatting to our colleague's wife on the way back from that. And she'd been talking to me about writing songs. And she's like, Matt, I think you should write songs because worship songwriting there is a really different scenario than it is here. Um, when I was a young person just getting inspired to play music, came to Kingdom Faith, Kingdom Faith was making an album a year of original songs. And you could go to Vineyard and you could go to... 
um, the New Frontiers, and it, you know, so much music that could inspire you and encourage you and help you in worship. In the last 25 years of the Protestant Church in Bosnia and Herzegovina, two albums of original songs have been made, and I produced one of them last year. So that tells you what, what the situation is like. And it's a massive challenge, and people need to be encouraged and inspired how to do that. And I really felt that was something that God had put on my heart to do. And she was saying to me, Matt, you should write. And I'm like, I don't want to write. I'm not from Bosnia-Herzegovina. I want to help people write local stuff. Anyway, I was, had asked Tim at Faith Camp, Tim, can I come and hang out and watch you do sound in the main hall? Because I, I need to learn. I may be one of the better sound engineers in our town, but that doesn't, it's not necessarily a high bar. You know, <laughs> there's more to learn. And Tim knows way more than I do. So, you know, like, um, and I was there and I bumped into Pastor Colin and he sort of out of nowhere um, said, Matt, are you still writing songs? And I thought, with all due respect, Pastor Colin is not known for his small talk. That's not been my experience. So I took that to be more, less of a question and more of an instruction. You know, Matt, you should be writing songs. Um, and I went back and I thought, well, OK, what am I going to do? I've got to write songs. And I uh, had this idea because the local folk music is, um, well, it's a bit heavy sometimes. But then I'd, you know, like the, the, the themes and everything. But then I'd been listening to some podcasts and I just ended up listening to a couple of people talk about the Psalms and about lament in the Psalms. And then I started to see, hang on, there's a connection between like God is okay with that, you know, but that leads into understanding that God is faithful and there is still hope and all those things. And, and maybe we can take some of this and put it with some of the traditional folk music sounds and all of that and have something. And for me, then, that's a template. Like, I'm not going to pretend my language is good enough to write from scratch in Bosnian, but I can take the Psalms in the Bible. I can go, does that work? And then I can go to our colleagues and go, does, does this work? Anyway, one thing led to another, and that's what we've done. And it, we are, we've got five songs finished now in that style. We're, we're working towards, like, let's get an album recorded this autumn. Um, and what excited me most, I think, in the whole project was um, our colleague's wife. She came to me the other day. She's like, Matt, I've got a psalm. When what she means by that is I've gone away and I've looked at the text and I've put it into a form where we can put music to that and sing it. And I'm like, that's what we want to do. We want to encourage and inspire and help people do stuff. With her as well, she came to one of our team meetings two months ago now and she said oh, I bumped into someone the other day she's just finishing a journalism degree director of the local radio station they've asked us can we do all their religious programming for them like they have to do two hours a month of religious programming can we do that and I'm Clive will know you know like in that situation there's only one answer I'm going to give um <laughs> which is that let's give ourselves loads more work to do answer but you know sometimes there are opportunities you can't say no god's opening a door and you, you've got to do it so we started to we had about a month before we needed to go on air um and the initial thing was to make three months of programs so one a week for three months and uh we're on week 10 i think week 11 will be broadcast no yeah week, week 10 will be broadcast on tuesday um and fantastic thing so we made one program and, and I said to her just take it to the radio station before it's got to go on air and just say to them can you critique this you know how's our production standards that was what I was in my mind most concerned about you know but also just the feel of what we've done it's kind of a magazine format program and the, and the woman who was running the station she was like 
yeah, no, it's good. And a couple of things about the style and, and a couple of technical things. And then she goes, but this is our religious programming slot. So please remember, you can be a lot more upfront about what you actually believe. And I know for me, of what I was aware of stuff here um, with radio, you're always a little bit like, what can I say? What can I not say? It seems we can say whatever we want to say. Um, and so it's a fantastic opportunity to get worship music out on the radio. So we've got our pastor preaching short sermons on there. We're interviewing people. We're talking about stuff related to our lives, to relate to the work we do, music, sports, all those things, kind of trying to make it very relatable because in a context where um, people's experience of God is through formal religion, um, it's, yeah, it's great. It's great to be making something that, that makes it more understandable. And in a context where the patriarchy is strong, um, it's great to be in a church pastored by a woman and to have lots of a woman hosting our radio show. So, Because for a lot of people, that's a massive deal. If you come from a Catholic background or, or a Muslim background or an Orthodox background and you hear a pastor and she's a woman and she's reading the Bible and she's preaching, that's really different and that breaks things in people's minds. Um, and the country is very much still sort of between that and there's a lot of globalised influences, if you like, Western influences through media. And a lot of people think about these things. There might be things they're thinking about in culture, but that hasn't crossed over into their religious context. And, and those things challenge people. So we've got a very, very short clip that just gives you a little bit of our radio intro jingle, a little bit of one of the songs of the Psalms, and a little bit of another song that we've produced recently that's an original song, just so you hear what that sounds like. Perspektiva. Emisija koju vam donosi Evangelska crkva Jajce. Ostanite s nama. Perspektiva. Brilliant, mate. It's great. So, obviously, you've been there a while and you've got used to the culture and, and the people and they've obviously got used to seeing a couple of Europeans <laughs> around, which there are probably not many of. Are there in your town, where you are? Well, I guess they're technically also Europeans, but there aren't, <laughs> there aren't many English yeah, people around. Yeah, I suppose around. so, yeah. <laughs> from the UK, then. Yeah, from, uh, there's one. Yeah, there is. There is, three of you. Okay, so before I just ask Matt and Ryan some questions, what we're going to base the next few weeks around uh, Colossians 4, verses 2 to 6. And I just want to read them out to you. Uh, we're going to read it from the uh, New Living Translation. And we're going to gear the, the next few Sundays around these verses in, in different ways. So it says here, Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. 
pray for us too. So this is the Apostle Paul uh, who is writing to the Colossians. And, and at the time, the Colossians or Colossi, the place, that's in what is modern day Turkey, okay, if you want to know where that is. So he's writing to the believers there and he's writing to them basically because they're getting some wrong teaching coming into the church, uh, whether you call it heresy or whatever, but certainly is not along the right lines. And so he's addressing that. But he, how he addresses it is not by just confronting one each heresy after another. He basically talks about what does it really mean to live in Christ and to live your life in Christ. So just straight here, look, this is how you want to be living. And in doing that, he's showing these guys. And so the context of these verses is really in, in the context of living the lifestyle of a Christian, a lifestyle of a believer in the culture that you're in. And so in that context where there's challenges, he says, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind. So be alert and thankful. Pray for us too that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That's why I'm here in chains. He was right from being in prison for his faith and he was right to these guys from there. Verse four, pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. So even though he's in prison, he's still saying, pray for me to share the gospel. Pray for me to still be a witness. Verse five, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. So Matt's, uh, there's a bit more work, but we're going to get the gospel out there. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. So we're going to unpack a lot of stuff from these verses over the next uh, few weeks. But while Matt and Rome were here, I thought it'd be great just to interview them really as part of this morning's message to kind of just find out how do they witness, how do they communicate the gospel, how do they share their faith, and and not just in that context, but just how do they find communicating what they believe. And as Matt said uh, at the beginning uh, of what he was sharing this morning, it's very easy when somebody goes overseas or they go on a missions trip or go to live in another place that we think, well, it's going to be easier to go there and do that. And and one of the things that Matt said was really interesting was that we're doing the same things there as we were here. We're just living in another country. And it's not that suddenly you you know you've got a special Superman outfit on or, or you've become you know a, a whatever they call them, the films that have just finished. Avengers. It's not something they've become some sort of Avenger ninja, you know, uh, out there. But actually, you're just taking the same giftings, the same relationship with God, but seeing it outworked in another context. So we want to just blow the romantic myth that can be in our minds a little bit. That well, if these guys are sharing, yeah, but they're they're if you can call you might call them missionaries or overseas workers. But you'd probably you guys probably just call yourselves well. We're just Matt and Rowan, and we live in another country, and we're just reaching people in the same way as we were here, you know. And uh, so you went there initially for two or three years. You ended up staying for another couple of years on top and you've been there over 10 you're now living there permanently as far as you're aware you're gonna that's it you're gonna be staying there yeah at the moment we haven't got any plans to live anywhere else who knows yeah so just a quick question first of all when you first went that was maybe more short term in your thinking two three years did you have a different approach to what you're going to do than now you know that you're there more permanently did you have a different, uh, as in, well, we're there short term, so we'll do this, that and the other because we are missionaries, overseas workers. Or did you 
and now we're there longer, we're part of the community, so we, we approach it in a different way. Have you always had the same sort of approach? Now, whether it was, I'm dropping in for a couple of years and then going, or I'm living here potentially for the rest of my life. Any, or have, any difference, or have you had the same approach? I think for me personally, I've had the same approach the whole time, because like you said, we aren't missionaries, we're just Matt and living in another country, so my approach was the same approach as it was here. Yeah. Like, it's in another country, but it's the same it's the same thing. You're wanting to make friends with people, get to know people, show people love, show people who Jesus is. And so, yeah, I kind of... And I guess I probably sort of knew in the back of my mind that it wasn't only for three years anyway. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, sure. yeah. so that kind of helped as well. <laughs> I think for me, I really would have voted for three years. Uh, like, I had no plans to leave the UK really long-term at all. Um, but God has definitely changed my heart. But to answer the question, um, I think when we first moved, I did enjoy going, I've got two years here to see if this is going to work or not. Right. So I think in approach, yes, we were doing the same thing and the same kind of mindset as when we were here. But I enjoyed going, let's do two years and we review. And then when we said we're going to do another two years, it's like, if this is working, if we still see God opening stuff up and we see stuff, then good. So uh, to me, there's a bit of a balance. And I think... I still want to carry that forward, even though in my mind it's like, I know now I'm here long term. I don't want that to be... I think the downside of, of thinking you're going to be here forever is, well, we can do it next year. Right. So the plus side of going, I've got two years to do this, is, well, if I don't do it next year, this year, I've got to do it next year. There's a little bit of urgency with it, and I think that's helped me. So has there been, then, a little bit of a temptation or a possibility that now you're there, like, well, I was just settled down a little bit, or there's not... Like, you know, when you're there somewhere for a short pace of time, think, right, we've got to do as much as we can, as quick as we can, you know, to get, you know, to see as much as we can. And if you know there isn't an end point, it can be a bit more quesera, sera, or yeah. whatever, you know, or next year, you know, manana sort of thing. I think, I think, you know, a challenge where we are is, except for driving, everything happens really slow in Bosnia-Herzegovina. There's, <laughs> there's, there's massive bureaucracy, um, there's massive unemployment, um, there's massive hopelessness. So it, the, the country's not going anywhere fast. Right. Um, and so in that context, it would be really easy to sort of just go, well, then there's no need to, to push for things to change. There's no need to push for something new to happen. But I think we're there. Part of what we bring as people from another country is we will keep pushing. Right. You know, there's a sense of urgency there that it's like, well, no, we can make this happen. We can right. push against the culture, that the trend, which is, forget it, let's just go have coffee, which is what, you know, That's uh, cigarette. What the culture we, we is. haven't right. done the cigarettes, but we do the coffee, you know. Like, um, but, you know, so, I, you know, I don't want to make light of it, you know, but I think this, so I think, yeah, there's an importance to sometimes going, we need to do this and we, we can't wait two, three years. It's like, let's let's make this happen by the right. end of the year. So what? So the motivate. Sorry, did you want to say something? I was just going to say also because a lot of the work we're doing is focusing on on working with young people. Um, that is short term anyway. Even if we live there for for fifty years, young people come and go because they move on and they go right, to university right. and they get older. So that gives a focus as well because you know these young people are going to be with us for four or five years and then they're off right. somewhere else. So that kind of helps. I yeah, think. I mean, part of what I'm asking because all you know, all of us, we all live locally. And and it's easy to you know we hear you know share about Jesus talk to your work colleagues friends neighbours whoever and and it can be a, if we're not careful we'll we'll get round to it at some point so what 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 motivates you 
you know, because I understand there might be a short-term thing with, mm. with the age groups that they come through and then they disappear or whatever they do. Um, but what, what's your motivation internally that you don't slow down or you don't say, well, we'll do it next year or we'll get round to it when we get... What's, what motivates you to actually want to share the gospel, want to, you know, day after day, in one sense, you know, kind of move forward in that? I think it's just, it's just part of who we are or it's part right. of who I am. If I... You know, when you make friends with somebody, you share what's important to you with them and they share what's important to them with you. And it's a, it's a two-way thing. So if it's it's not a weird, like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to talk about Jesus today, what's going to happen? Or, like, I need to start a conversation about Jesus. It comes from, like, it's it's part of who I am, so I can't really not do it, I guess. Right. In, in that context, you know, you're talking with friends about things that are going on in your lives, it's going to come out because that's, yeah. Right. I think also, you know, if you spend enough time in an atmosphere of faith, um, it's you're always going to fight against hopelessness and lack of faith because there's something in you that goes, no, no, I'm not accepting that there's no point in doing right. this. I'm not accepting that nothing can change. Right. And so I think for me, like I, find, you know, I get riled a little bit in some conversations where it's like completely understandable why people don't see the point in carrying on i get that but i'm not satisfied with that in me there's like no god has a plan god has a purpose and it's worth fighting for even if it seems impossible and i think that's something where i think just how how we grow up how we build ourselves up in faith that's an important part of it it's hard to necessarily pinpoint but it's something really deep-rooted and that's something we're massively grateful for to the church here for for what we experienced in yeah. our time here. Yeah. What, what's sort of deep within us? Right. It's like you're not going to budge on it. Right. Brilliant, mate. So, so obviously, for anybody, you know, some people seem to find it easier to maybe share their their story, talk about Jesus, than others. And and I, I, you probably haven't heard the message from Andy last week, but he gave a very simple, practical example of what God's been doing in him about asking people to question you know one way of talk, you know who, who do you think Jesus is so he, he he tends to ask a lot of questions and and get some answers and he engages with people and then maybe says you know talks about them so how are you doing what you're doing in life where you're going what you're doing can I ask you a question um do, what, what is there any particular way that you guys personally kind of find God's taught you, shown you a simple way of, not not a formula, mm. you know, because even what Andy was saying last week, it's not a formula because mm. it's all connecting with people in relationship. Is there a particular way that you guys kind of, you, you've learned how to do certain things or, or what might work for you in terms of talking about Jesus that that is a bit more natural for you, you know, either of you? Um, I think questions is definitely... <laughs> a good a good thing to use and especially so um i'm singing in this choir that matt briefly mentioned and and it's it's a choir of the croatian cultural society so all of the girls in in the choir are catholic except for me and two the other two girls from our church who've joined it um so we come across now all these different things that we didn't know about like oh today is saint cecilia's day so we it, she's the saint of music so we're having a party so like all i i've never i don't really know anything about saints or you know it's all a new thing so i'm asking them so why is that important like what what does that mean to you and then i say oh that's interesting well to me this kind of thing is important and that that way it's it's not like me going oh listen to me i know all this stuff but it's i'm showing interest in their culture and their faith and their religion and then i can share mine with them 
them and they can be like, oh, yeah, that's interesting too. And I've had conversations with people about, um, because sometimes we've gone to sing in concerts at places where there's a church and then before the concert there's a mass and we all go there. And then they have the time for communion and not everybody goes to take it. And I was like, why, why are you sitting here? And those people have gone to take, take the bread and they're like, oh, well, we haven't confessed our sins recently to a priest, so we're not allowed to take it. And I said, that's very interesting, you know, when in, our, in our church. And what I believe is that I can confess my sins to God and then, you know, I can take communion straight away. I don't need to wait for a priest or, or something. And they're like, yeah, well, it's just so complicated where we are. It sounds a lot better where you are. And you get these different kinds of conversations, just asking people about their own thoughts and their own ideas. Yeah, great. I think, you know, we have an advantage, I feel, over when we were here, in that we are a minority of a minority that's statistically almost insignificant in the country. When they did a census, there were three things you could be, which was Muslim, Catholic or Orthodox. And, or other, there was other. And other is Jews and Roma people and anything, anybody who doesn't identify as one of those other three. Um, and the evangelical church is just a ridiculously small percentage of 1% of the population, and then we're foreigners in that context. So automatically people know you don't fit in. So there's, what are you? And because every, so you know, your ethnic, religious, national identity is a really big important thing in the culture then people are going to ask and that that's opening up and then what are we as a congregation you know that because we've got a pastor who by her name is a woman well she's a woman and she's a muslim and and those are two things that like why would you be a christian pastor you know so automatically those things ask questions and open up conversations right okay so just with some of the challenges, how do you how do you overcome potential challenges within yourself? Because obviously, cult, you know, there's a cultural context, which is one yeah. thing, and you've explained maybe how some of that works. But just within yourself, because we all face potential challenges, it, you know, because we're always encouraging one another. Come on, share the gospel, talk to people about Jesus and everything. But that can bring up some fears, reservations. What if, or I don't know what to say. So how do you guys overcome some of the internal stuff that goes on where you know stuff that messes with your head do you know what I mean uh things like what's the point sometimes or you know fear or what would they say or how do I do something so I think for me one of the things that's that's a big challenge like sitting here this morning this is no problem I can sit and talk to all you guys um I am less good in a one-on-one conversation and when I'm in a one-on-one conversation in a language that I've not yet mastered that's even harder and it's hard working with young people when you know you talk like a child. Right. You know, like male pride and all of that, you feel really, really stupid. Um, and those are challenges constantly for me in my head, my ability to communicate in the language that I'm using. Um, but there's a power in teamwork. And, and like our co-worker that we work with, he is the opposite of me, really, in so many ways. He would hate have to sit here and do this but if you had him for coffee like he'd be your best mate and you'd be talking for ages right um and so i can benefit from working with him and we can work together and and i could people can meet me and we then i can introduce them to him we can all sit down for coffee and he can carry a conversation that i can still input in but it's not all on me to do it and i think that's him 
there's probably a lesson for all of us in that, that yeah. recognising where our strengths are, recognising where our weaknesses are, and, and recognising how we can work with others so that together we achieve something. So right. it's not like, oh, I've got to witness this person. Like, I've got to be part of that process. I've got to be open. I've got to say the things God said. Right. But also I can introduce someone to someone else who can take something further than I can. And that's also important. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I think as well I've kind of learnt uh, when you've built a friendship with someone, one little controversial thing that you say that they don't agree with isn't going to necessarily break that friendship. And so say it <laughs> that's right. the kind of right. thing you know and we've had we've had some different situations like that and you know I've got some friends who they're like well yeah like eight years we've been we've been close friends and we've done a few um events in the church that they've come to and after one of them one of my friends was like I hated that I really hated that you just there were just bible verses everywhere and it was just I really hated that but we're still really good friends <laughs> so it's like you know when you've got that contact with someone it's it's worth more than just a few things here and there and you know that you know she's going to say things that I don't like as well but that's not going to stop us being friends so I think that's kind of what I've I've learned yeah just just say it. Sure. and obviously not in a way that's really aggressive or something but if it's if it's a true friendship a relationship it's a two-way thing and you're going to disagree or there are going to be things that are a bit awkward but you get over those things and you carry on yeah 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 I think one of the things, obviously, as Christians, we easily think when we talk about evangelism, um, there's a couple of things that come up. Either you, you you bring them to a crusade sort of mission meeting, and and the person at the front does it all, or uh, it's, it's more on the street, cold calling, knocking on doors, or going out with leaflets and that kind of thing. But actually, a lot of our witnesses, like you guys saying, just in the context of relationship, friendship, on a, on an ongoing basis. So uh, in that, again, it, it's quite. If if you knew you had a short time frame in a friendship and thought, I've got to, you know, uh, again, it's another chance we talked about earlier that if um, you know you've got forever and a day because you think you're going to be friends with them forever, you can, well, I'll get round to it at some point. How how do you, what, again, motivates you in those friendships? So it's not just a great friendship for many, many years, but how do you kind of pray into that to see God move that forward? And then how do you speak into that, if you like, to them to to move it forward, to see them come to another Lord. So I think in our approach, in the work we're doing, so to try and give you a real quick picture, Dina is the pastor. Her big thing that she does, she runs floorball, which is like an indoor hockey. She runs a team for that, which is all young people, children and young people in that. And that's a big part of what she does. Um, what we're doing is we're teaching music um, probably between the three of us who teach music, we must have 40 students um, at any one time coming through what we're doing. And we're also, in the winter, we're snowboarding. In the summer, we're doing kind of summer club activities. And through all of that, we're trying to build a community of young people and link them into stuff that we would do as church youth work within the church and also national church youth work. So I think there are kind of key pointers and maybe like a little bit traditional like you'd go well we're going to have a Christmas service or we're going to have an Easter service and we're maybe going to invite people to that and in that we're going to really talk about what we do or we're going to run an alpha or a youth alpha or we're going to run something that takes that kind of idea but really does it our way or we're going to take kids to a church camp where they're going to hear worship and, and see people pray and see people preach um, and then we're going to build out of that with groups after so there's so it's not it's, just a one context. So if you're in relationship, there's going to no. be different ways in which people can. Yeah. So we wanna it, we wanna build community 
in our, in our local town so that young people feel part of us. And however they do, so the name of the organisation is not even most of the name of the church, it's the church. Um, you know, whether they see themselves as relating to Novimost or relating to the church or just relating to Matt and Budo and, and Dina and Rowan, we don't really care. The, the point is that they do relate to us and they feel at home in the different things we do and that we can then take them into another context and they can build new friendships with other right. young people in, in a church team. Yeah. But yet we would, none of those events that we would talk about would be like the end. That would always be just a point along the way to say... Right, so those events serve, if you like, the yeah. ongoing relationship yeah. rather than the relationship builds up to an event and all your yeah. hope is in an event. No. Actually, but it's just like, you know, we would talk about yeah. before, like there's got to be a point of challenge yeah, at sure. some point. And, and sometimes right. it is easier to do some kind of event or meeting where someone stands up and goes like, well, you know, lots of people are thinking about Easter right now. Why did Jesus die? You know, I wrote a song... Uh, for one of our Easter services, which was about, it was called Those Are The Rules. And it was all, basically the whole idea, you know, the law was given to show we can't keep the law, we need Jesus. And a guy came up to me and he was like, that's a fantastic song. I mean, he's not a believer. He was like, that's amazing. That message is amazing. Everyone needs to hear that, you know. So it's great to do stuff that puts challenges out in front of people, but also in the context of community and all those events that we do with a small church in a tiny building that, Drop nicely several times on this stage area, you know, like right. um, it, like there's food and there's drink, you know, and there's coffee and there's hanging out afterwards. Yeah. So it's all yeah. in that. Yeah. Brilliant. Have you found are you finding this helpful? Right. We thought we'd do it a bit differently this morning, rather than just preach to you, because it's easy to have a message and you go away feeling like, right, I should do that now. Actually, just to hear practically how some things work in people's worlds is that all right just because last week andy's message was was phenomenal but then earthing it in different ways as well practically uh what does it look like dealing with fears overcoming stuff um i think that the relationship side is 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 fundamental in it to sharing the gospel because it's easy if you have a conversation in the middle of nowhere and somebody says no, you walk away or, you know, you know, you haven't got to follow that up. But it's actually, if we're going to make disciples, uh, it's got to begin with relationship and it? it's got to be, begin with connection. And as people give their lives to the Lord, then we've already got relationship with them. They're, our lives are already impacting their lives because, like you guys said, they've already come into, we're not just going into their world, but they're also coming into our world, whether it's our personal home or whether it's the phrase community of the church or the life of the church, there's an impact already beginning to happen on them as a result of that. Has that been helpful this morning? Should we thank Matt and Rowan for being with us and uh, just sharing? Thanks, guys. Brilliant. I'll just leave it there, mate. Thanks. Great, thanks. Let's all stand together, shall we? We're just going to take a minute to pray before we, uh, before we close this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Now, most of us in our lives, we don't live in the atmosphere of a meeting. We live in the everyday moment. You can be in your home. You could be in the community, in the street, in the town. You could be in the workplace. You could be in a different setting. We, we don't live in the atmosphere of a meeting But what we do live in is the presence of God. 
And in our lives, we carry the presence of God wherever we go. So a meeting takes place in a building and we come to something and then we leave. But the presence of God is is our relationship with him and who we carry everywhere we go. And so our trust and our confidence is in who he is and how he wants to work in and through our lives. So we want to take last week's message that Pastor Andy brought and, and some of the nuggets that he brought in that. And some of the, again, nuggets and practical advice, tips, helps that these guys have brought this morning. Based from that Colossians 4, those verses. And it says in there, to make the most of every opportunity. Now in Ephesians 5, uh, it says in verse 15 and 16 that we, we need to make the most of every opportunity. It says because the days are evil, because there's loads of stuff going on. And we want to make the most of every opportunity. Let's just bring ourselves before the Lord this morning and just make ourselves available in the relationships that we have with friends, family, work colleagues, people that are around our lives and we're in their lives and they're in ours. Let's make ourselves available that we don't live with blinkers this week. We don't live in a vacuum this week and just go around go through this week in the way that we went through last week uh, or we just go through our schedule because I've got one thing after another things to do let's just make ourselves available and say Holy Spirit I'm available for you to interrupt the schedule that I have for this week I want to be available for you to lead and guide me this week in the relationships the friendships the context that I'm going to be in that I won't live with blinkers this week with any tunnel vision that is just, this is what I'm doing, this is what I've got to get done, I've got to get from A to B and this and that and the other. Father, I don't want to live at that pace where I miss people, I miss the moment, I miss the miracle, I miss the conversation. I don't want any fears or apprehensions to hinder me from being the person you want me to be in other people's lives and worlds this week. Anybody want to respond in that way this morning? You might need to bring a few fears and hesitations to the Lord. What do they think? Don't know what to say or what, what they might, whatever fears there might be. We need to submit and surrender those to the Lord and say, God, to share your life with others is more powerful than a fear, is more powerful than a preference. Maybe just take a moment, just respond to the Lord yourself this morning. Just pray. Not, not just think thoughts in your head, but put some words to what is going on in your heart right now. Father, I want to be available this week. Those conversations, those moments. Where you might be able to get into a conversation, ask somebody, who, who, can I just ask you a question? Like Andy was talking about last week. Just intrigued, you know, I'm asking other people at the moment, who, who would you say, who do you think Jesus is? Just, you know, and you get into a conversation that way. Simple question. Father, we thank you for your grace upon us to live and respond to your word this week, to live out something very real and very practical. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you lead us and guide us in all that you want to do through our lives, whether it's talking to someone, praying for someone, 
Thank you in the context of our friendships, relationships together. We might be having a coffee with others and we invite others to come with us. Or we're with people that don't know Jesus. We, we can work together as friends to share about you and talk about you. Father, we thank you for your grace and your enabling this week to be the witnesses that you want us to be in whatever context that is and whatever that is going to look like. Is there, who's up for that this week? That we don't have a manana kind of attitude. Well, well, I'll leave it till tomorrow. I'll leave it till next week. I'll leave it till next month. We, we don't want to have that kind of attitude. Let's make the most of every opportunity. That means you're going to have to trust the Lord. It means we're going to have to put our faith in Him in those conversations. Maybe, what are people going to think of me? Maybe we have to, we have to put that preference away. We have to push it. We have to say, actually, it's more important that I, at this moment, talk about Jesus or whatever is right in that moment than it is what are they going to think about me. Father, we thank you just as we close this morning. Father, we thank you for your heart for people, that as we are with people this week, we would look at them with your heart. We would have your heart, your compassion being released in us as we live this week, as we go about all the stuff we're going to be doing this week. We thank you, Father, that you lead us and guide us into those conversations and into those moments where the life and the power of who you are can be released into other people's lives. We praise your mighty name. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. How many of you are looking for new stories, new testimonies of what God is going to do in you and through you, what God is doing in other people? Because we want stories and testimonies that are now current, not from last week or the week before or the year before. We want testimonies. Hey, do you know what God did yesterday? Do you know what he did in the last few days? We want to be living in now testimonies of what God is doing. Father, I just thank you as you send us and release us into this week that you grace us, anoint us, empower us to go and to be witnesses in your mighty, awesome name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com. 